Welcome back in the cockpit. I'm Josh. I'm me. His name is Justice. Oh shit, is that what my name is? Yeah, just for the people that don't know who you are, you're supposed to introduce yourself. I forget sometimes. Not to introduce myself, I forget what my name is. I believe you. So, back, we're back on in the cockpit, the interstitial monthly show where we talk about the things that we're doing outside of watching shows for the podcast. Or just random things. Maybe we're not doing anything. We just found some random topic to talk about. Who knows? I am not doing anything. It's a variety show, but not a good variety show. So, it, actually, no, I stand by my statement. It's a variety show. It's the worst 40 minutes of variety show on the podcasting world. Maybe not. I actually, I, you know... I don't think we're, like, good or great, but I don't think we're the worst. I think there's definitely stuff out there that is worse than our content. Five to six. Yeah. Out of ten. Yeah. Uh, a solid five and a half out of ten. Yeah. Which, to me, is like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it, but only if I have nothing else better to do. That can be background noise. Why not? Man, starting the show by roasting the show. We'll never get old. Have you got any topics? I, I've got a couple, like, sprinklings of topic, but I don't really... I, I don't bring much to the table this month. I have a few things I can talk about, I guess. Okay. You want to start or should I? I guess I can while you get your shit together. My biggest topic is that I just started playing in a weekly Magic League, so. That's gross. Yeah, I figured you'd think so. I guess I actually do have, like, the AEW stuff, like. Yeah, you always do. Well, I mean, last week was crazy in wrestling. It might be the biggest news of the year in wrestling, and Vince McMahon got forced out of his own company this year. Yeah, true. So, like. But yeah, if you want to start, I actually have a couple topics, I guess. Yeah, so I recently binge-watched two shows, both from the CW Network, both not getting any more series, seasons or anything, both are completely dead, and both only have one season. Are you British? No. You just referred to seasons as series. I know, that's why I corrected myself. Sometimes my brain uses them interchangeably. It's a very British thing of you to do. So I watched powerless and the secret circle powerless was the like sitcom right yeah yeah. okay powerless is a workplace sitcom set in the dc universe it is canonically like it it is in the dc universe like the it is is made by dc it references dc material so it's in the arrowverse technically i don't know if it like it doesn't seem to hide directly to it but it does exist in dc at least it is a dc property okay and the main thing that drew me to it, three of the main characters, one was played by Ron Funches, who is delightfully funny. Another is played by Daniel Pudi, who um I might have said his last name wrong, but he played Abed in Community, and he's hilarious. And another character was played by Alan Tudyk. Oh, actually, that sounds like an amazing cast. Yeah, and the main character was played by Vanessa Hudgens. Hey, she did High School Musical. She did, and some bad Lifetime Christmas movies. Or the Hallmark. Doesn't really matter. They're the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And the entire conceit of that show was Vanessa Hudgens' character starts working at Wayne Enterprises in, I don't fucking remember what city. Charm City, I think? Yeah, Charm City was the name of the city. I, well, yeah. I saw four minutes of one episode and can tell you that that was the name of the city. Yeah, and equivocally, she's working for an R&D branch of Wayne Enterprises, and it is failing horribly. Partially because Alan Tudyk's character, who is Vanderbilt Wayne, cousin to Bruce Wayne, just doesn't really care. He doesn't want to be in Charm City. He wants to be in Gotham. He wants to have a better job. He wants to be able to hang out with Bruce because he looks up to Bruce. He idolizes him. Stuff like that. So is Vanderbilt also an orphan? Assumedly, no. Then why didn't his parents just take Bruce in? I, I would assume because according at least to the comics, even when things seem sketchy with the Waynes, some other writer comes in and changes it up to where it's like, no, 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 it just seems sketchy, but Thomas and Martha Wayne were actually still saintly paragons of Gotham. Yeah, they had mob ties, but that's because they were going to be killed if they didn't, and the money that they got from them, they put towards charity, or they undermined the mob, or whatever, when they were doing shit like that. Yeah, uh... 
So I'm assumedly Vanderbilt's father was just like, man, they're bad at running a business and they're too good for like classic. They're not a, uh, they're not evil enough. Ha 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 ha. Wow. Okay. I guess that's my assumption. Or, you know, it's a, it's a comedy workplace and they just wanted to have a character be a Wayne to make fun of rich people. Yeah. But like that creates, you know what? Go ahead. It's a sitcom. I'm not going to question it. Yeah. It's it a sitcom much. that doesn't really do anything. I'm not going to try to dissect it. Honestly, it was just amusing overall. It wasn't great, but there were some really fun moments. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of those great moments really do just come from the actor performances. I wouldn't say there's anything extremely clever or great about the story of it overall. At a point, they get purchased by LexCorp towards the end of the series slash season because it's only one season. And it, it was vaguely amusing because they were expecting, obviously, horrible, terrifying things. Also, this is during the time that Lex Luthor is president. So <laughs> they make passing to President Luthor. So. Man, Lex Luthor is present. So, I think I've already said this before, but Lex Luthor is such a good hero. Like, Yeah, Lex Luthor is amazing. Anyone that disagrees is wrong. Sometimes, like, the comics or the cartoons will, like, push him towards too much of a, like, cartoon or comic booky villain guy. But, like, when you boil... I mean, especially if you're looking at Golden or Silver Age. Like, when you boil Luthor down, he, he just wants to protect people. And, like, he's, like... Yeah, no, he's fantastic. And he's, like, Superman, we can't regulate him in any way. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. We need a way to defend ourselves from him. Yeah. Like, Luther isn't a bad guy. Also, he, he never went to, guy. like, the steps that, you know, Mr. Terrific and Batman did, which was create a, get partially um, tricked by Brainiac, create a terrifying Orwellian big brother AI that will then take over the world. Luther never did that. In fact, Luther's response to that was, well, no one's going to let me help. I'm going to just go to space and learn everything I can about the universe. And then when they visit him, he's just like, oh, here's how you solve the problem. Yeah, I'm still not coming back because you guys fucked this shit up. But, uh, yeah, here's how you fix it. Also, let's not forget here that yeah luther obviously is still horrible he is a billionaire who hasn't done anything despite declaring his humanitarianism to actually help a lot with all his money yeah like some musk guy who actually exists in the real world mm-hmm. so yeah he's still shitty there he definitely still belongs to the guillotine but but he's a better billionaire and he's fictional and you know i love the line still belongs to the guillotine <laughs> yes but yeah, he's disgustingly rich, and he is born into his money, so he doesn't have to work for it or anything either, which does not redeem billionaires. does not redeem them in any form or fashion, but I'm just throwing that out there. To point out the fact that, despite all of that, he is still an incredibly intelligent character who is brilliant in multiple fields. I would 100% agree with that. You said you binge-watched two shows, though. This was just one. Powerless was a sitcom set in the DC Universe. And the other is The Secret Circle, also a CW show. Started in, like, 2011-ish, roughly the same time that Teen Wolf started, which is a no actual importance, but the shows have a surprising amount of overlap between actors. Yeah. The, the music selection for the show also, yeah. and the cast has a distinct overlap that makes me go, hmm, I bet these were being shot on the same parking lot. Yeah. It has two rather important characters that overlap between the shows that are played by the same actor. I think there's a tertiary one that also shows up in both. And one of the characters is basically displaying the exact same character in both Team Wolf and The Secret Circle. Are you talking about Allison's father? Yes, I'm talking about J.R. Bourne, who plays Isaac in The Secret Circle, who is a witch hunter, and plays Chris Argent in Teen Wolf, who is a werewolf hunter or just hunts anything supernatural, really. I might actually be right because Warner Media, the company that owns CW, bought out American Express, um, Express's half of Viacom. 
1984, which means Warner has owned MTV since 1984, or at least has owned half of MTV since 1984. That would make sense. Yeah, so they probably were shot on the same lot. Yeah, there's a bit of tie-over in between things. And then some of the actors have worked together with other T-Wolf actors on other projects that I'm aware of. Nothing really important. But the Secret Circle is about witches, and they have to hide their coven equivocally from everyone until they fail to do so. They have to hide their Secret Circle from, that's why it's a Secret Circle. Yeah, yeah, I said a coven equivocally because they call their group a circle but it's equivalently just a coven but they have to hide it from everyone until they completely multiple times fell to hide it from people also obviously they're being manipulated by people they don't know they're being manipulated by people it's a blah, cw blah, blah, drama. Blah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background the show is rather boring however the end of the series slash season because again it only had one season is a lot better than the show deserved it's, it's a set C- up well for a second season that it never got which it's is a, fine it's a cw teen drama it's exactly what you expect to have a cw teen drama if you've watched I don't know, any two CW teen dramas, you can synthesize in your brain what this one is. Well, yeah, for example, I I think CW owns Vampire Diaries, right? Uh, Yes, Vampire Diaries Yeah, one of the main characters in this goes on to play an important character in Vampire Diaries, and then an even more important character in the originals, which is the prequel to Vampire Diaries. Yeah, the one you didn't know was related to Vampire Diaries. No, I knew that one was. I didn't know Legacy was. Oh, yeah, my bad. Sorry, Legacies. Fuck off. I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I've been watching both of those. Well, what? I finished them both. Did I talk about Survivor last time? No, I hadn't watched Survivor. So that's one thing I've been binged watched since last interstitials. I watched all of season one of Survivor because I like... Well, it's actually because we went to our sisters to visit. Yeah. And she showed us this makeup show, Glow Up. That's the name of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's on Netflix. It's a show about makeup artists competing it, against each other. Yeah, it's a British competition show. And it was really good. Like... It's wild because you can make something that is not my thing at all. And as soon as you turn it into a competition with judges and stuff, I'm like, oh, yes, baby, please. Yeah, it's very much Britain does face off. Yeah, it's Britain does face off, but with also like high fashion makeup as well. Yeah, much more focused on fashion makeup than it is on cosmetics. But they do some cosmetic stuff. Well, cosmetics in the term not being referring to makeup cosmetics, but cosmetics in like full cosmetic, so like prosthetics and such. Mm-hmm. And they do do some of that on the on Glow Up. Yeah, they have at least one episode in each season. Yeah, so... Being a fan of, like, competition shows, I was like, I should watch Survivor. I've never watched Survivor a single... I've never watched more than, like, three minutes of Survivor Which before is fucking crazy. in my life. So I was like, I should watch a season of Survivor. So I went and did some research on what the best seasons of Survivor to watch were. And the two best seasons, like, pulled people from other seasons back into the show. And I was like, that doesn't really feel like a good season to start on. So I went with the third best season, which was season one of Survivor, which feels like a great place to start. It's almost like that's where it started. It came out in 2000. Yes, this, it's this old. Sh- it's this very, show, very old. Season 1 happened before 9-11. Mm-hmm. Wild. It's now on season 42, I think. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's an insane amount of show. But the first season is so good. I picked the winner from the first 16 people. I was like, this is my guy. I want him to win. And I mean, then, as far as Glow Up went, it only has four seasons, but I was three out of four on picking winners first episode. Well, the best part is the guy I picked to win after the season finished and I found out he won. I did some Googling, and not only did he win the million dollars that you get for winning Survivor, but then he also went to prison for, like, almost four years because he didn't pay the taxes on the money he won from Survivor. Uh, He is, like, he, he like, makes a bunch of, like, lists of top 100 TV villains because, like, he was the bad guy making... Oh, no. Making, like, alliances and factions. But, no, I loved him. Uh, So that's the only show I've binged watched at all. That's the only show I've actually watched a lot of. I, I started... No? I mean, we both started She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, we started She-Hulk, and we're fully caught up on She-Hulk. We should talk about She-Hulk, because we're not going to review it for the podcast, and we keep up with Marvel stuff. Um, it's good. It, th- th- 
It's good. Yep. Watch it. Is it not action heavy? Yes. Was I expecting it to be? No. Is the legal aspects of it kind of annoying and bad? Yes. Yes. Are there bad CGI moments? Yes, because that's what Marvel and Disney has come to. But is it fun? Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. It's it's so much fun. I It's not going to knock off my top three in the Marvel Disney Plus shows, which are still solidly WandaVision, Hawkeye, Loki, mm-hmm. but it's it's good. I think... It's definitely above Captain America. Well, not Captain America. Winter Soldier and the Falcon. Falcon yeah. Winter Soldier. And it might be like tied with Miss Marvel. I Miss Marvel really grew on me the more I watched it, though. Like, yeah. She-Hulk doesn't feel like it's growing on me that much. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. But Miss Marvel grew on me, so. Understandable. Like, I honestly didn't expect to really, really like She-Hulk because I've read She-Hulk comics. And I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan of those either. Like, like they're good. And they just don't grab me because, I, I don't know, I don't care that much for a lot of legal shows. I'm a sucker for legal dramas. Yeah, no. Like, not necessarily Law and Order legal drama, I will watch a Law and Order. Suits. Stuff like that. Like, yeah, like, Suits is one of my favorite shows. It's probably my top 20 favorite shows of all time. I love Suits. I'm really upset that the last season of Suits is as bad as it is, and it's partially because they lost Meghan Markle, because she joined the royal family. Sure, I I definitely knew who you were talking about. I know exactly who that is. Yep. She married, like, Prince Harry. I don't care. And then... It dude, was, dude, the queen's dead. Fuck the royal family. And then there was a whole bunch of drama in the royal family because the royal family is all racists. Yeah. And Meghan Markle's a black woman, so. Yeah. I think Anyways, she's so. actually mixed, but Anyways, the queen's dead. Fuck the royal family. Yeah, but now we've got a king of Britain. It's fine. He'll die soon, too, and then the British citizens will get another two weeks off. <laughs> Do they actually get two weeks off? I believe a lot of shit, like, I don't know if it's two weeks, but I know, like, their actual are, like, at least government things are closed for some amount of days. I don't know how many. It's wild. It almost makes me wish we had a king. Well, you know what the more, like, the more amusing thing here is to think about? There are going to be people, arguably, who should, if the royal family continues on in perpetuity, hopefully not, there should be some people, roughly around this time, that will experience the death of three monarchs. Okay. Elizabeth, Harry, and whichever fucking one's next. I don't think... They're, like, middle-aged now. Is Harry... Harry's not the one on the throne, right? I don't fucking know. Charles. Charles is the one on the throne. Charles. Is Harry next? I don't fucking know. No, Harry is, like third or fourth in line yeah i don't care he's one of the younger princes he also married a black woman yeah. so britain hates him yeah so the elizabeth charles and then whoever the fuck's next who's I'm, i think in their middle age now i'm sorry i shouldn't say britain hates him the royal family hates him yeah yeah but yeah there are definitely people are going to experience the death of three monarchs guaranteed and so, that's great uh, but yeah back to actually She-Hulk. it's not if we could just stop now and just disband back to she hulk though show's good i've enjoyed it the show tells you it's not a cameo of the week show but it's kind of a cameo of the week show has been so far I mean, it's good. I, I love Wong. I love I love seeing... um Emil Blonsky? Abomination. Yeah. No, I'm thinking Hulk. What's his actor's name? I just forgot. Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. I love seeing Mark Ruffalo actually like do more Hulk stuff because he doesn't like ever get to be a main player because for some True. reason they refuse to make a Hulk movie because apparently Hulk movies always bomb. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I think... I think now we could do a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie and it could be fine. Yeah, probably. I, 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 there was an obvious problem with Hulk movies before the MCU kicked off. Yeah, it's like people didn't care a lot about source material or making characters fit well. It's like everybody wanted to make a modern military version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes. And didn't care about actually Hulk. Mm-hmm. Anyways, other than 
She-Hulk and Survivor. I've got, like I said, I have AEW and a magic thing to talk about. Do you have other topics you want to inject before I dive onto those? No, you can go ahead. I have something I can talk about if I need to, but I think we'll be fine covering time stuff. So first of all, I'm, I'm going to like talk about AEW because this shit is wild. All right, preparing to zone out, and I'm good. Go. Okay, so first, AEW, for those who don't know, is All Elite Wrestling. They're the second biggest wrestling brand they in the United know. States. They've heard you talk about it enough. I'm just clarifying because AEW like doesn't have name recognition like WWE does. And neither do half the people I'm going to talk about in the story, but the big thing to know is CM Punk, who is probably one of the biggest names in wrestling that's currently still active, and then the, the Elite, the people who founded All Elite Wrestling. This all goes back to like May, where Adam Page, a member of the Elite, made a comment in one of his promos about workers' rights, which was a reference to a lawsuit that Colt Cabana, one of CM Punk's friends, ex-friends, dealt with, and CM Punk said he would pay for all of Colt Cabana's legal fees for that because it all tied to CM Punk doing an interview on Colt Cabana's podcast and WWE issuing a cease and desist and Punk going, no, don't take it down. I'll pay for legal legal fees. And then he didn't. And he paid for half the legal fees. Yeah, but not all of them. Like, and then Colt Cabana sued him because he's like, you said you would pay for all the legal fees. You didn't. I'm broke now. It's your fault. Understandably so. And not understandably that he spoke, understandably he sued. Yeah. Apparently that lawsuit got dropped because during discovery, and this, we only found this out last week, even though this case is from like 2014, we found this out during CM Punk's gripe bomb, as it's being called. Hilarious. But the reason that the lawsuit got dropped is because during discovery, they found a bank account that Colt Cabana shared with his mother. The implication that Punk tried to make during his gripe bomb, which I'll get into more, is that Colt Cabana was hiding money. The more generous take is he's had that account for some number of years and his mom just signed on, signed on to it when he made the account. Mm-hmm. But, or he's helping his mother with payments on things and to help with her if she's buying any goods or anything. She is on the account so she can be listed as an account holder so she can have stake against it for any legal reasons or yeah, financial because, reasons. Because she's a retired teacher in Illinois. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons you might have a family member on a bank account. But Colt Cabana dropped the lawsuit when like Punk threatened to have to pull Cabana's mother into it and put her on the stand and shit and like drag her when punk decided hey i'm gonna be an asshole yeah he's like oh not only are you gonna get to pay your legal fees for this lawsuit against me your mom's got to pay legal fees i'm gonna drag her through the mud we're gonna do as much as we shit as we can and colt cabana was like okay i'm gonna drop it we're gonna leave it there and they haven't been friends since understandably so colt cabana worked for AEW though before cm punk came back last year when CM Punk came back, Colt Cabana got less and less and less TV time. And the rumor is behind the scenes that AEW was going to fire Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. There's no like, it's because CM Punk, but the outside take is it's because CM Punk. The, what we've been told is CM Punk sold so much merch in the first month of being back with AEW that he paid for his entire contract in one month. So Crazy. CM Punk is the biggest draw AEW has. Like that's just factual. Like money wise, he makes the most. So if to keep him happy, you have to fire Colt Cabana, who is a mid card jobber. You fire Colt Cabana. The elite. And Adam Page, who is technically used to be part of the Leap, but is not anymore, but they're still all friends. Just in kayfabe, they're no longer part of the same group. Went to bat and saved Cabana's job, but he now works exclusively for Ring of Honor, which is another wrestling company under the umbrella of AEW. Apparently, Punk had decided in his brain that what the media press had been hearing and what the fandom, the wrestling fandom had decided was coming directly from the elite, the EVPs of the company. They're the leader that founding executive vice presidents of AEW. Yes. That's not kayfabe. They literally hold an executive vice president rank. It's part of the reason why they're called the elite and the wrestling association is all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling media and the fans had all come to the conclusion that CM Punk tried to get Colt Cabana fired. The elite saved his job. Seems reasonable. That's the reasonable assumption. But CM Punk got it in his brain 
that the elite and Adam Page were leaking that information to the press, that it wasn't just the press making inferences or the press hearing it from other people who were like, yeah, I think I listened to two wrestling news websites. Too, too many. And every time they talked about it, they were like, we hear that, that people backstage think or people are of the opinion of. Like nobody said... This is a fact we know from back behind the scenes because... Which, let's face it, given the amount of fan-based journalism or journalism in general, no matter how much a source wants to stay anonymous, if you have that many people reporting, all claiming to have the same source or have reference to this source, they're going to, at one point, someone will say who it is because some people don't have integrity when it comes to that. Nobody has said who it is. I know. My point is, yeah. like, you have so many resources and people spouting this information who claim to have gotten information from a source directly that but, someone would claim it's from someone if so, they actually knew. So Punk came to the conclusion that it was Adam Page and the Elite. So after he won the world championship on Sunday night at the pay-per-view, last Sunday, the 4th, AEW holds press conferences after their big pay-per-views. So CM Punk is the first wrestler on the press conference because he just won the world title. Yeah. And he starts the press conference by calling a guy out. Before the guy can even ask his question, he calls a journalist out. He's like, hey, didn't you used to do improv with Colt Cabana? And he's like, isn't it kind of bullshit that a journalist will come up and like not disclose the fact that they have biases and like frame stories in certain ways. And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I did improv with him, but that was like nine years ago and we haven't talked in like eight years. I'm not friends with Colt Cabana. I don't know what biases I'm supposed to be disclosing to you. And Punk was like, well, you just blew up my spot. Fuck you to the journalist. Because Punk had this whole idea in his brain that he was going to come out here and roast Colt Cabana and insult the integrity of this random journalist and insult the integrity of the EVPs and Adam Page and so many people in the fucking card. MJF, their biggest hill, and like not in a kayfabe sense. Punk came out here and like threw everybody under the bus. Like, Tony Khan, the owner of the company, tried to shut Punk down, and Punk just talked over him and kept going. And he ended his whole rant by, like, if you have a problem with me, you know where my locker room is. Come find me. And he's been on this whole, like, thing in the backstage. Like, if you have a problem, we should talk it out. Don't take it out in the ring and be a bitch. Which is because he was talking, he was trying to call Adam Page out about that. But CM Punk's been doing the exact same thing. He's called Adam Page out twice now when he knew Page wasn't in the building to defend himself. Yeah. And, like, again, not kayfabe callouts. Actual, like, hey, Adam Page, if, you, if you're not a bitch. Yeah, yeah. When Page isn't in the building, he knows he's on the building. So after Punk left the press conference... He went to his locker room. So the Elite, the EVPs, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the tag team, who had just run the trios title that night, went and got the head of legal for AEW and the head of talent relations and went to CM Punk's locker room. Yeah. Now, the story breaks up here on what happens. CM Punk's side of things claims that the Elite forced their way into his locker room, but they brought the head of legal and the head of talent relations. They'd be ridiculous to, like, go and get these people and then... Actively force their way into it. So they get into his locker room to have some type of confrontation about the things he just said, because if you were working for any company and just said the type of stuff CM Punk said, you'd be fired immediately. If you go on air and talk about... Or suspended without pay, depending on your position in the company. If you went on a media call or a press conference and talked about how everybody in your company sucks and this is all the shit they're doing, and you had no proof for any of this, it's literal slander that you're talking about at this point. Yep. Like... But so they try to talk to him. He apparently punches one of the bucks in the face and then his friend throws a steel chair at the other guy. Like, yeah, somebody legitimately got knocked out. Everybody's been suspended. CM Punk's probably done with the company. And even if he's not, he's out for eight months because he tore his tricep during the match. Like, it's fucking wild. Yeah. I know you don't care about wrestling, but this new story might be bigger than the fact that Vince McMahon was forced out of his own company earlier this year. I would argue it's more dramatic. It's not a bigger story. Vince's is of a much more problematic issue overall and has been honestly something that has been coming for easily decades. So I wouldn't say it's bigger. I would say it's actively more dramatic. I think the only reason why 
not just myself, but news sources are saying it potentially bigger, is because Vince McMahon's doesn't threaten to destroy an entire company. AEW's does. Like, CM Punk's gripe bomb, his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Threatens to destroy that entire company. Because right now, there's battle lines being drawn, and if CM Punk isn't fired, they're going to lose their EVPs. Mm-hmm. And if their EVPs walk, that company is going to fall apart because the, the EVPs were the core of that, that group. They brought in so many young, young talent who are loyal to them. And if they walk and, and go to WWE or to New Japan, AEW's locker room is going to get fucking raided. And it's not going to be close. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think... Unlike, like I said, it's actively more dramatic. I don't think it's bigger. On a public-facing scale, the Vince McMahon news is bigger. Yes. In the wrestling world, the CM Punk fight is probably bigger. Probably, mm. I guess. But anyways, yeah, that's the wrestling shit. It's been a wild time in wrestling. You said you had something else? I said I had a thing I could talk about if I needed to, but you said you had two things to talk about. I can hold off on the magic. I'm looking for a link right now anyways. Okay. Well, as far as anything else I have to talk about goes, we got an Xbox Series S? Yes. Yeah. And really, I've just been playing a lot of Far Cry 6. It's been enjoyable. Gameplay is definitely good. I honestly don't know too much about the story. I haven't interacted with that part much. I've done like the requisite tutorial missions basically to get off the fucking tutorial island. And then just like a lot of map exploration because I do shit like that in games like that. Look, if you're going to gray out the map, I'm going to make it not gray because it bothers me when I realize I pull up my map and I've walked into a section and it's just carved out this path that everything around it's gray and annoys me. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's really the only thing I vaguely had to talk about and not even really a lot. Fair enough. Well, I haven't I actually... hold it if I needed to. I haven't actually sat down and played this Series S yet, but Bug Snacks is the first thing I'm, I'm interested in. Sure, bud. Yeah, I mean, what other Xbox exclusives are there? Halo? What other Xbox exclusives are there? Halo. That other Halo game. Hmm. So I guess I'll go to my last topic then. Sure, I guess. So I recently joined a 12-week Magic League tournament plays every Saturday, and it's a format called Curiosity. It's a fan-backed format that looks to replicate draft, but in a way where, like, you had the perfect draft. And the way it goes about this is it's a 40-card constructed format where you build your deck, but only out of the most recent set. So this is Dominaria United, the set that just dropped this weekend. Yeah. It came out three days ago. So you only play you only play with cards from Dominaria United. And the rules are you have to have two rares or mythics, singleton, one of each, in your deck. You have to have six uncommons in your deck, but no more than two of any given card. And then the rest of your deck is commons, but you can't have more than three of any given common other than basic lands. So it's a 40-card format, like limited, and the number of rares and mythics you get and uncommons you get are limited similar to how they'd be in draft makes sense we had the first week saturday and i went two and one with a mono black control list very fun yeah Uh, the deck to beat right now looks like it's gonna be a defender's deck if you're familiar with dominaria united the the centerpiece of that deck is called wing mantle chaplain and it makes one one flyer (laughs) every time a defender enters the battlefield or when it enters the battlefield it makes a one one for each defender you control as well so it's a very good card format's been fun it's 12 weeks you can still sign up now and join in you'll just be a week late which means you'll be like a negative nine points compared to that person in the lead do you know what's more fun than that though what's that the image my brain created when you said wing mantle chaplain because i pictured the slapstick stylings of charlie chaplin but he's wearing wings and it's just a slapstick routine but he has wings on and i know that doesn't do much but if you know basic slapstick or you know charlie chaplin films i'm pretty sure you can picture the images i have in my head it's just amusing yeah, I, it would be a beautiful alter for the card, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. The format's been a lot of fun. I've got a couple more brews I want to test out before next Saturday. But if you'd be interested in playing Curiosity, and like I said, joining the Tournament League, you can find all the details at curiositymtg.com, and there's a link to their Discord there, and that's where the tournament brackets are posted and how you sign up. Everything's in the Discord and on the website. It's a lot of fun. Do you know what you forgot to mention? What's that? That I think would be a vague interest to some people. What's that? What's the winning prize for the tournament? Gems on MTG Arena. Oh, yeah, and then 
the uh, more important part, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So for you, the only thing you personally win is fictional money for Magic the Gathering Arena. But the winner of the 12-week season gets a special gold nameplate in the Discord. That's what you were talking about? No, no, it was not. Oh. And the winner of the 12-week season also gets a donation based on how much funds the actual tournament raises, but roughly $100 a season, more or less, depending on how much money is raised by the tournament, donated to their local animal shelter. Which is actually really cool. So it's a really dope way to support your community and help the local animal shelter out. Well, also, if you enjoy magic, playing Magic the Gathering. And the really cool thing about Curiosity, if you enjoy magic, is it's not a solved format. There isn't hundreds of our articles, hours of online footage. There's no set bash deck is what solved solution means. Yeah. There's not there's not all this research already done on the format. It's like if you started playing with us today, there'd be 16 people built running this curiosity format. That's 16 people versus the thousands upon thousands of players in standard. Yeah. New formats are always neat. There have been some bad new formats that like no longer exist. Leaders. Yeah. But curiosity seems, in my opinion, as a casual magic player mm-hmm. at best, seems to be a more enjoyable fan format than some other things we've had well also as an arena only format a format only played on magic the gathering arena and now it sounds not nearly as fun ignore me you could play it in paper you could play it on mtgo i don't like arena yeah the cool thing about the format for arena is it's not wild card intensive wild cards are how you buy cards individually on arena and rare wild cards are some of the hardest to get but the format's not rare intensive so okay it's really it's a really casual easy access format and it's a lot of fun it's ran by the cat team, they have a YouTube and a Twitch, and the hosts are Sword and Statuettes, who is also a Twitch streamer at Swords and Statuettes. And it's at, Ida? At the underscore Ida. Yeah, I think it's it's Ida. Or yeah, maybe it's under- underscore uh, it's underscore Ida, I-T-T-A. It, either way, we'll link their Twitches in the show description. But yeah, it's a really cool format. I'll also make sure we link the actual Curiosity website in the show description if you're interested. That's really all I have today. Justice, did you have any other topics? I'm hyped to play board games. Oh yeah, we got we got a bunch of new board games. So first, we got Six Nymphed, or in the English, Take Five. It's a trick dealing game. Yeah. The goal is, is to have the least number of points at the end of the game. You get points based on when you pick up cards. They have little symbols that you know how many penalty points you're going to get, and you want the least amount. And basically, you have to strategically play your cards out based on how you think other people are going to play to get the least amount of points. Yeah, it's a very fun card game. Very easy to learn. We also got Muffin Time, which is created by Tom Scott, the creator of the, for quite a while, ever so popular ASDF movies on YouTube. Yep. And Muffin Time is a hard game to describe. It's a game of chaos where you're just trying to end the game by having 10 cards in your hand at the start of your turn. The first thing it reminds me of is Flux. Yeah, kind of. But it's very different than Flux. It's got a little bit of... It's a wacky party game is what it is. Yeah. It's fun. You play trap cards. You have counters. You have actions. And that's it, right? Yeah, there's only three cards you have. And your turn consists of doing one of two things. You either play a trap... Well, one of three things. You play a trap face down... You play an action or you draw a card from the deck. That's all you can do. Yes. And the card art is the delightful art of Tom Scott, obviously. As he's an animator on YouTube, it is understandable that he does the art for the cards. In addition to Muffin Time and Six Nymphed, I also have recently picked up a copy of Sheriff of Nottingham. Which is a wonderful game. A board game I have... Had in the apartment where I used to live, but it was my roommate's copy. Yeah. So I had access to the game for like two, three years. And then a period of time in between that. And then a friend we had got it and we had access to it for like a year again. And then we didn't have access to it anymore and kind of just forgot we didn't own it. Yeah. I was like, don't we own that? And Jess was like, no, we don't. I was like, cool. Buy a copy of Sheriff Nottingham then. 
Yeah. I think there's another game I have ordered. I'm checking to make sure. It's not Wavelength, right? You no, know, I was going to order Wavelength, but there's a free app to play Wavelength and you can play it on your phone with your friends, which is just beautiful. Skull is the other board game I ordered. Ah, uh, yes. Which is a which is a lying game. It's like Liar's Dice, but without dice and much easier, yeah, honestly. Definitely. It's a very interesting and beautiful game. But yeah, so not all those. Also, like I said, Wavelength has a free app you can download for your phone. Uh, the expansion... Like if you want to buy all the expansions, it's eight bucks. But only but the only ho- one of the person playing, the person hosting the game, needs to have the expansions. Yeah. So if you have one friend willing to shell out eight bucks, you and all your friends can play Wavelength yeah. for. Or if you're all, free. I guess, willing to chip in and. If you have eight friends, that's a dollar each. So or if you have friends. sixteen friends. Well, fifteen friends. It's fifty cents each. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Wavelength is a great game where the game itself gives you a range from like hot to cold and then it'll show you we're at on the spectrum of hot to cold your answer needs to be and then you tell your friends well if it needs to be three quarters hot uh coffee yeah you give them a clue to try to get them to land in the correct range on that spectrum yeah so coffee is not the hottest thing but it is hot so and then your friends debate amongst themselves what you mean by coffee and you're not allowed to speak but yeah, they debate and co- then they choose they, they, they could mean coffee beans and coffee beans are room temperature typically. or they can mean iced coffee and that's cold but they just said coffee and because there's iced coffee coffee beans and hot coffee it's probably right in the center right yeah no that's dumb but you don't have to give one word you could give like a, a brief sentence you just yeah. give one clue that's it you can't say anything after yeah. that you're just not allowed to use synonyms for anything on your spectrum a word in your spectrum and you're not allowed to tell them where it is like you can't be like 25 percent yeah right in the middle you don't don't be cheap play yeah. the actual game the people that cheat at board games especially non-competitive board games make no sense you're just ruining your fun for yourself don't do it yeah the board game wavelength has a way to play on teams versus each other the yeah. app does not the app no. everybody's playing on the same team so what's and, the point in cheating yeah and on the app you all get the same score at the end based off how well you all did so yeah don't cheat yeah, have fun it- if you just want a big number, open up your fucking calculator app instead and type a big number. Congratulations, you've done the same amount of work in that situation. But I think that's it for this month's Inside the Cockpit. So until we see you on our next flight, I just want to say, play more games, watch more wrestling, and uh, play some magic. Watch more movies. Also, if you'd like to reach out directly to us to tell us about your favorite board games, or your enjoyment of Magic the Gathering's curiosity format, if you get into it. Or how much you hate wrestling. Or why you like She-Hulk. I don't want to hear why you hate She-Hulk. There's enough of that on the internet. But, like, if you want to just share positive She-Hulk thoughts or negative wrestling thoughts. All wrestling thoughts are negative wrestling thoughts. Or you just want to reach out to us and talk to us or give us suggestions for shows to review. You can do that by tweeting us at copilotsreview. Or emailing us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or you can find both those links at our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Which also has links to our Discord, our YouTube, our Patreon, our email, and our Twitter. It's all right there. It's like copilotsreview.simplecast.com is the cheat code for the universe. If the universe is mediocre content. That tracks.